Hello, Shirley Joking listeners. This is Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today we are celebrating an amazing anniversary of one of the most successful science missions in history. On this day, 40 years ago, September 5th, 1977, the Voyager 1 spacecraft was launched and sent on a planetary grand tour of the solar system and went on just a few years ago to become the first man-made object to be sent out of our solar system and to enter what is considered officially interstellar space. The Voyager 1 and its partner, Voyager 2 spacecraft, were incredibly important for us understanding the solar system where we came from, and along the way gave us quite a lot of insight onto just how common the conditions that may support life can be outside of the planet Earth. Both spacecraft passed the four largest planets of our solar system, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, and went on to then leave at a tremendous speed going over 10 to 11 miles per second, speeding away from the sun, and continue to go on powered by nuclear electric generators that are still powering it today and still sending signals and science back to the Earth, mostly about what the edge of our solar system looks like. Last year, we sat down with Professor Ed Stone, former director of JPL and PI of one of the critical Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 missions, and asked him about Voyager and how many of its discoveries uh, are still producing amazing results today and giving us a lot of insight into the universe and where life might come from and where it might be today outside of Earth. So here it is, our interview last year with Ed Stone. Can you just tell me what it was it like when you were on Stephen Colbert's show and they brought out that award? Were you <laughs> expecting that? That was a t- complete surprise. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. I wasn't sure it was real initially because I thought, well, how is it possible that Stephen Colbert is giving me a NASA medal? <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw uh, John Grunsfeld, who was the associate administrator at NASA, sitting in the front row. And I said, well, this is probably real. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Can we talk about uh, the Voyager? That's oh yeah. Well, it's 40 years now. Is that right? It's It'll be 40. well. It, yeah, 2017 will be its 40th anniversary. Did you guys plan on it lasting that long or working for this long? <laughs> Uh, you couldn't really plan on it. When this, when Voyager was launched, the space age was only 20 years old. So mm. there was no basis for predicting or planning for a 40-year mission. All we did was plan, plan for a four-year mission to Saturn, Jupiter and Saturn, with the possibility of step-by-step going further. Yeah. And so uh, we flew by Saturn in 1980 and decided that uh, we, could, we should head to Uranus, which took us to 1986. And then having succeeded there, we continued on to Neptune, which was 1989, 12 years after launch. And ever since then, though, we've been on what's called the interstellar mission, trying to get outside of the mm-hmm. bubble the sun creates around itself, bubble of plasma that is, uh, is the atmosphere of the sun expanding a million miles per hour outward, uh, creating this huge bubble. And we finally left the bubble and entered interstellar space, a space between the stars, uh, in August of 2012. Wow. That's how long it took. Voyager 1 is now outside where nothing has been before. 
and Voyager 2 is following along behind maybe another year or so before it gets there. That's that's incredible. I mean, it's 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 nothing has broken down in this machine in 40 years. Oh, things have broken, but fortunately, <laughs> nothing ca- catastrophic has broken. And we have had we we have redundant systems in many cases. When the traveling wave tube, which is the radio transmitter, uh, finally wore out, uh, because it's a tube, uh, it finally wore out after the first 25 years. We turned on our backup transmitter and it was fine because it's brand new <laughs> wow because awesome. there's no way somebody can just go up there and no. get a new tube so <laughs> no, it's, no, no, this no. is amazing like look this is 40 years of 40 year old technology and it's still working perfectly going through space going through interstellar space and my iphone cannot work for more than two years what is <laughs> what's going on like you know like why why can they why can't people build like a better product if if, if this because this is like amazing to me being used to like just crappy consumer yeah. products, you know, and like even from a, a, a good company, you know, but th- this has lasted 40 years, nothing broken and no way to fix it. Right. But there's also nothing happening to it. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Right? It's in it's in the like coldest, most, yeah. you know, it's the biggest vacuum that you could basically yeah. have uh, yeah. in our solar system. Once we got by the planets, anymore. our main risks were the planets. Mm. The, ra- the radiation at Jupiter was a big risk. The rings at Saturn were a big risk, uh, so you want to you don't want to run into things. But once you away from the planets, it's empty. I mean, if it ran into something, that itself would that almost would be, be awesome. That's because that's right. it's like, that's, wow, we found yeah. a thing. Yeah. How how big like, is this thing? Oh, there's a model of it at JPL. The we spacecraft, go though, check it, it out. It's uh, it's uh, main antenna is about 12 feet in diameter. It, it's about the size uh, of this okay. room, right? But yeah. it has these long uh, arms. That yeah, it has some booms. Yeah. And, and how does it propel himself through oh, space? It, does. It, it, it basically gets launched from Florida with a big rocket. Mm-hmm. It flows, flies by Jupiter, and Jupiter is orbiting the sun, so Jupiter grabs it and flings it on. Uh, and Ju- Saturn grabbed it and. Gave it another so it's slingshot. So using the gravity yeah, of... using the slingshot effect to... So uh, is there a guide to it? Like, are we guiding its positioning? Well, we, we can trim the speed a little bit so we can make sure we, when we went to the next planet, we were arriving at the right time in the right place. So we had a little bit of fuel on board, which we still have. Wow. Uh, which we use for these trajectory corrections. But the, the main energy came from the launch in Florida plus the flybys of the planets, the, the, the gravity boost. And the, and the fuel, is it, what, what kind of fuel Hydrazine is, is the fuel we have. Which is the, the danger stuff that, yeah, that we did, developed at Caltech and GPL. Yeah. Wow, and you, we still have some of that after 40 years? Oh, yeah, we, depend, yeah we, didn't need, we didn't need it all yeah. uh, on our way to the planets, and now we hardly need any at all, just enough to keep the thing always pointed at Earth. Because ah. it has to be pointed at Earth for us to get the radio signals. And the transmission oh, of the point. signal, you said, is from, uh, what, plutonium? Oh, that's the power. The power. The electrical power is generated uh, from the thermal heat of natural radioactive decay of plutonium-238, which decays with an 88-year half-life. So every 88 years, we have half as much heat. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of thermocouples on this heat, hot object and generate electricity. And so it's a very simple, no-moving-part power supply, wow. which, of course, I mean, you're using the power. That means the energy is going down. And eventually, maybe 10 years from now, we'll have to finally turn the last instrument off. The mm. transmitter, basically? Yeah, well, we will be or? turning. Well, well, and if you turn the transmitter off, you might as well stop because you don't have any data, right? <laughs> so the last thing you'll turn off is one of the last instruments. And then at that point, there'll only be engineering on the spacecraft until there's not enough power to keep the spacecraft running. So how mm-hmm. long does this power last? 
Well, we, we think we have enough to keep us going for another 10 years. Another 10 years. Yeah. Wow. So 50 years of power. Of yeah. How yeah. big of a plutonium thing? Uh, how big? I don't remember how much. The, the size is about... Probably about like, 30 pounds, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe less. Are we using that for power for other stuff? Well, it's Can we have a plutonium car or something? Well, no, no, no. no, no, it's, no, a, no. it's a huge problem, actually. So we've talked about this before, but the, the plutonium on Curiosity... Used quite a bit. It's it's running yeah. itself the that way. The rover has exactly the same power supply. But mm. uh, Russia had a really big stockpile, but they they decided that they were going to give us. And by big stockpile, I mean like on the order of you know tens of kilograms, not yeah. like, uh-huh. not hundreds yeah, or thousands right. of kilograms. It's very hard to make stuff. It's not that it's not to be confused with the plutonium that's in uh, nuclear warheads. It's a different isotope. That's plutonium two thirty nine. This is plutonium two thirty eight. But it is made. You, you make it in the process of making warheads. Well, not a lot of people are doing that nowadays. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they're more, you know, people are more about trying to reduce the number that they have, mainly the two superpowers. So as you're making a warhead, just on the size leaks out some, like, b- well, battery power? I, I, this is... Like, I know it's I sound kind like of a, yeah, I sound kind like of. an idiot, but I mean that's for the common because yeah, that kind of it leaks out, but in a really expensive, complicated way. Okay, uh, but uh, separates would be a better term. Yeah, ah, I see. It's like separating cream out of milk. You separate the heavier isotope out of the lighter isotope. Right, and the, uh-huh. and you actually take it out of warheads on purpose. It's actually a contaminant because the fact that it gives off heat ruins the yeah. the nuclear bomb part, yeah. and so that's why it's even taken out at all. It, you, you just leave it in if it were if it were passive, but yeah, it's actually a, a contaminant. Yeah. But then once you have it, it's really good for these spacecraft where you go where there's. But we no, can't use it on Earth. Like no, you could. Dangerous. There's just so little, there's and so it's all of it. You wouldn't. I mean, the big problem, like Juno, for example, is a spacecraft that just went to Jupiter and to keep, it basically was designed to not use it. But instead, it has these solar panels, which are enormous. And and that's because there's so little light at, at Jupiter. It would have been, you know, it'd be better and easier. If we had tons of this stuff, we'd put it on every rover yeah. probably, or, you right. know, every rover, every... How much uh, is that little station. bit that was in uh, Voyager? Is it millions, trillions, billions of dollars? That little bit of... I really don't remember. Or... It's not really the cost, though. It's because it's... Because, like I said, it's it's uh, it's the contaminant. So it's actually, you know, waste, I guess you could call it. But oh, because in have order to, have... to produce this much, yeah. there's that much nuclear yeah. waste yeah. that comes with it. Yeah. Well, it is the nuclear waste. It is. Oh, uh, it is. Okay, it I see, is I see. the waste. It's just, so it's it's kind of free, but only if you're making, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're doing something else. Yeah. So the U.S. has actually stood, stepped up, and they we are starting a process of making it. But it now, so now it's costly because it's being made mm. just for, for that, just yeah. for the purpose of making it. If and, it, it if it's just sitting here, like, would I get cancer? Is it bad for oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to Oh, it's bad times. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's also very hot. It's one of the few things where uh, if you just have, a like, a pellet of it and you leave it on the table, I mean, it it's glows. glowing red hot. Oh, so it's like one of those, like, you see on The Simpsons. Or yes, like the, car, exactly. the movies and stuff. It's yeah. actually, like, glowing green. Is it well, green? Well, it doesn't glow no, green. No, it not, not green. <laughs> it glows red. Yeah. What glows green? Why is all the plutonium in movies glow green? They uh, Okay, so the reason <laughs> is it's a... Green because it's scary, but in reality, uh, what you associate with it is glowing blue. So that is true of radioactive material. So in a, if you go to a power plant, you see the if you go and stand over the core, the core is giving off this stuff called shrink-off radiation. And shrink-off mm-hmm. radiation is uh, all the, the hot particles that are flying at it. The particles themselves are invisible, but as they fly through uh, water, they give off kind of the equivalent of a sonic boom. The sonic boom is this very blue light. 
And when I was in Germany just a couple of months ago, we had a pulsar reactor there that's that's really awesome. They did this very dramatic thing where they like turn the lights off and they do, do this countdown in German, which sounds really menacing. And then uh, it just sends off a single pulse from this reactor. And, and uh, since all the room is dark, all you see is the shrink-off light, and it's so bright, it shines onto the ceiling, and you get to stand wow. over it. There's, like, plates on the ground, wow. and you're looking straight down. You're like, wow, it just, it actually goes super critical, not even critical. It's a super critical Now you reactor. have testicular cancer. No, it's actually, see, that's the fun part about nuclear, being a nuclear physicist, is I already knew that the dose was extremely small. So it's dramatic, but the water is actually blocking all the radiation, so it's, it's not actually that big a deal. Does the light... Uh, glow kind of like a light bulb or, or, or like how well, does it look like? It's brilliant blue. So it looks like a blue LED. I mean, it's... That's it's, a Toyota color. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, the reason it glows blue is because the energy kind of goes off into the UV and then our eyes can't see the, uh, past it. So you're seeing wow. sort of this very bright... Uh, it's a really distinctive color, but what's, what's cool about it is it, there's no sound with it. So you just see this. You're used to things that give off light, yeah. making a lot of you know, making some kind of like, buzzing mm, noise. Yeah. yeah. And then this thing, all you hear is the little air puff of the uh, control rod. So you hear, and then all of a sudden there's this very bright blue wow. flash, and it just dies down, and it's uh, it's really exciting. So when you do your science consulting for movies, do you tell people like? These radioactive material, they glow blue instead of green because everything is green. Uh, I've seen blue in movies for oh. sure because they usually go and they film it, I think. but They actually uh, film the thing, the light? I the, think I've wow. seen simulated reactors in movies before. I'm trying to remember if I have. Um, I think I maybe know. Simpsons set the president uh, yeah. on, on yeah, green yeah. radioactive <laughs> material on Mr. Burns' well, factory. A lot of things called scintillators glow green, so yeah. that might be where it came from. Actually, is that you can you can uh, you can put a radioactive material inside of a scintillator, and it'll it'll give off green light if it's a green scintillator. Mm. So it's and the reason there is because it's uh, like the glow into the dark stuff. Oh, and also uh, that's right, um, tritium signs. Are green hmm. yeah like an exit sign a lot of times you'll see huh. it'll, it'll stay glowing in the dark and that's actually powered by tritium Whoa. so that's kind of where i think that might be where it came from hmm. why tritium, is that oh sorry go ahead tritium is actually pretty harmless is the funny part because it has a really low <laughs> it's uh, also radioactive yeah it's radioactive it's in water anyway so it, you already have some of used tritium but uh it has this really low end point so it just um it, it really can't penetrate. I mean, you can block it with a piece of paper. Why is that? Why is plutonium so cool? Like, we can make well, warheads out of it. We're gonna... <laughs> I think this yeah. is why, because yeah. you can send a thing into outer space and it keeps No, but going. what makes it so cool? Uh, I mean, the makeup of it. Why Why can we, Why is everything else not uh, as cool? Like, give out as much energy? Well, it's artificial. That's part of it. You make it. But it has to do with the number of protons and neutrons in the nucleus. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's a very complicated physics. That uh, but if you make a nucleus too heavy, it uh, it decays. Ah, yeah. Uranium so. is really pretty much like the last isotope on the the chain that can sit around yeah. from for billions yeah. of years. And and plutonium is made from uranium. So um, so if you can make it heavier, but then it doesn't last very long because it's unstable. It's so just it's barely like hanging together, and then boom. And that is what's happening in plutonium-238. Yeah. It's falling apart, basically. These particles called alpha particles just sort of eventually, they just Evaporate. fall out. It's kind of like evaporating. 
It's just thinking of stuff evaporating out of the nucleus of mm-hmm. the atom. So yeah. it's like the perfect boiling point to some degree where it doesn't evap- evaporate super fast, but it's super powerful. Yeah. yeah. Now, there was lots of it in whatever star collapsed and made the Earth, but it only lasted 88 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. so it's all gone now. Yeah. It's turned into other things. I see. Um, right. But... Uh, so, so it is made in nature, but it's all gone now. Yeah. So, but we can make more because now we know how. It also gave way to a lot of great '80s movies. Yeah, <laughs> when you have to try to get the plutonium from the Russians or something. It was great, good times. Which we we try to do. We gave up. <laughs> We're making our own. So, is it is it? I mean, possible to ever get to the bottom of this? In, in some sense, like, okay, we, we, find, we find life here, and then this proves another thing. And then now, okay, we get more information. Now we got to go find something else. Like, is it possible to, to really find out where we came from to some degree? Isn't there always a question beyond that, beyond that, another? That, that's, that's right. One can always ask more questions once you know more. Right. And uh, I think that's the nice thing about science is somehow the frontier continually expands. Mm-hmm. It's not a fixed frontier. It's a moving frontier, which the more you learn, the further the frontier is away uh, because you're smarter and you know what you don't know. Yeah. At, at, least, at least you know some of what you don't know. Uh, but there are always things you just don't know, period, until you try to make, try to observe. And that's where you realize the nature is really more complex than you imagined, than you thought. Right. And that's one thing Voyager revealed was a, a remarkable uh, diversity of bodies in the solar system. Rather than having a bunch of moons, which were all the same stuff, uh, everyone is distinctive. And, and yet they, all, they were all the result of the same physical processes. But the actual uh, circumstances made uh, rather different results. And so by studying those, you better understand how the Earth became what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now there are other planetary systems where, again, they're unlike our planetary system. So that's another clue that our, our models of our solar system probably were really not really the full story mm-hmm. because we're finding all the other planetary systems quite different than this one. And how do you understand that? Why is that? What is it that's causing these differences? Is, is the Big Bang still the, um, the, 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 I guess, the first thing we know about how this come about? As far as now? That's right, the yeah. Big Bang. And so, the, the radiation left over from that Big Bang is called the cosmic uh, background radiation. And, uh, and that's, the, that's the information we have about the first few minutes mm-hmm. of the universe. So uh, how do we ever find out if, uh, if, like, what caused the Big Bang? And then what are those uh, particles that caused the Big Bang? Is that, is that even possible? Or should I just say, screw it, I'm just going to believe in Adam and Eve? Well, it might be it might be possible, but it's it's uh, I think it's a little bit past the purview of uh, planetary science, just because you get to these really high energies with mm-hmm. that. But you know, we're also playing. There's a lot of a lot of catch up work to do too. You know, like so there's still flat Earth society. I still have a lot of trouble getting people to believe the Earth is older than five thousand years old. I so gave up on those. People I don't a think long we need ago. to set too high yes. a bar. We need to just <laughs> let's kind of as a group move along. You know, it's a lot like uh, my my kids in in uh, in daycare. You know, if you're shuffling a bunch of kids around. Uh, you probably see this on campus. They'll like give them a rope. Yeah, and you have yeah. to sort of like if you just let kids f- go off on their own, they just wander around. And you'll lose a couple. Mm-hmm. I think like society's kind of like that. We need some something the equivalent of a rope because for some reason you tell somebody, okay, grab on the rope, yeah. and the little kids grab on the rope, and then they stay together because they're yeah. like, oh, we're going like a team into the future. 
And uh, yeah, we I think on Earth we have quite a lot of people that um, have let go of the rope. It's not yeah, roped. Yeah. I want to thank you very much for coming here. Thank you so much. Um, okay. It's been a real pleasure having yeah, you on here. Thank you very All much. Right. Thank you. Um, this has been Surely You're Joking. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye.